Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Liz. And I'm Holly. And we'll dive straight in with Bookish Buzz. So the first one is uh, through Guardian website. And we found that studies um, have shown that there's been a rise in ethnic characters um, in children's books in the UK. Um, And in fact, this is is actually shown a fourfold increase um, in the past few years, which I think is a really good um, really good increase. So we've seen a lot of increase in the adult books for ethnic characters um, in probably what, the last five years. Mm-hmm. So it's really positive that we're now seeing in children literature as well. And I think the fact that it's been a quadruple increase, I think is just, it's. I think it's hoping to show the change in the direction that we're going with, you know, um, literature and pop culture and just the acceptance mm-hmm. and you know and it's sad that here we are 2021 and we're still kind of battling the representation um, of, of like the equality of, of representation in in literature yeah. um, it's you know and I and, and I love the fact that we're rising in a minority and 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 I hope that that also is going to lead to increase in in other characters and and other cultural um, issues yeah. that we face because you know you don't want kids to you know really grow up with you know tunnel vision I you know I I think that's important I know people aren't always going to agree with that concept but you know people need to understand other people so we can kind of create an empathetic world. Yeah, no, I can agree. I mean babies are born innocent kids are born innocent it's people that make them into transphobic homophobic racist so the more that they read about different cultures different sexualities different genders it's going to make them more open and more accepting so it's going to create a better world in the long run exactly i 100 percent agree with that so i think that's awesome that we're seeing that um, and i hope we're beginning to see mm-hmm. that in around the world and not just um you know, in the UK. So fingers crossed on that. Um, hey, have you seen the movie Dune? Have you gone and seen that yet? I haven't. I really, really want to see it. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Have so, you? I have. So we saw it opening oh. weekend, uh, and my son, I will say, was a little ticked off because he really wanted to go see it. It was just my husband and I. We went on a date night to see it because <laughs> uh, he knew I wanted to. So it came out a couple weeks ago, and it's already worldwide box office has surpassed $350 million in the box office. And the one thing I will say, and I'm not going to say really anything about the movie because we're not a movie show, um, but it is based, obviously, on um, the book Dune, which is a pretty lengthy book. And it was made into a movie a long time ago, and they've they've remade it and re-released it. But what I did like was they did not try to cram the entire book into this movie. So it's going to be like a two-part two part movie. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that they're going to bring out a few of them, which is quite exciting. Uh, the book is on my shelf, waiting to be read, like loads of other ones. So. I, I know. I, it's I on, it's on my list, too. And for some reason, it's just like, oh, I got to get to it. Now that I, but, but I see, have- now that I've read it, or I've watched yeah. the movie, uh, it's... It was good. I really enjoyed like the the world development, the character development. So now mm. I kind of want to read the book. You know, typically I read the book before yeah. I see the movie, but doing it in <laughs> reverse, I kind of want to see how in the book it's the that world and character development is different than it's done in the movies. So yeah, I think I think sometimes it's actually 
although I do the same thing, I usually read it before I watch it. Sometimes it's actually nice to read the book afterwards because it just enhances your experience because you get that more, further detail, that more intricate view of like the world. Uh, but I did hear, I did hear that June has had such a, um, it's like a visual masterpiece. It's meant to be so many amazing effects and everything. So I am very excited to, to watch that. And I would agree, like the just the cinematography, the computer anime, you know, like um, the the CGI, those computer graphics that they're doing, mm-hmm. and just it's and it's a great cast. I just I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, you know, I think it's because it's that first half of the book that there's not a tremendous amount of action, but the one big climatic like fight scene is really spectacular. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, it's really, really good. So I highly recommend the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and what you were saying about reading the book afterwards sometimes is good. I agree because sometimes you read the book and it spoils the movie for you because then you're just like the movie doesn't live yeah. up to the book. But if you go into a movie with no expectations, so there you go. It's a lot more, yeah, a lot a lot better surprise, a lot bigger surprise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our final piece for the news is um, there is a new platform in town, uh, which I've only heard about in the last two or three days. And it's, of course, by the Amazon. Um, This one is Amazon Kindle Vela. Um, Now, anyone who's not in the US right now won't be able to, because at the moment it is US only, but they are looking at um, rolling it out worldwide. Basically, they're describing it as a digital story serialization service where um, all sorts of authors, indies, um, published authors can post episodes of their books and people can then use up these tokens, which is their version of currency, to um, to read each episode and to, to rate it, which I, I, I quite like the idea. I don't know about you. I like this idea because it's just a really nice way of encouraging, especially the smaller writers who perhaps haven't been published yet. It's a really nice way of getting your work out there and also earning a little bit of money from it and getting a bit of feedback on it. I think this is a fantastic, you know, concept. Uh, it makes me think of like, you know, Amazon Prime and Hulu mm-hmm. and Netflix where they have all their shows and their, you know, where yes, they could release everything all at once or they release yeah. it every Friday. So it's the same thing here where you're getting a story, but you're getting it in those weekly chunks, those like articles mm-hmm. and, um, and like, you know, it, it's like reading little short stories that all fit together over time. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, if you don't have a lot of time to read a 400-page book, you can read, you know, something much shorter in little sittings. Yeah. And it, I think it's a great concept. And the fact that it's like this, this serialized it concept makes me think of like, you know, all the sitcoms from the 90s that we used to watch. And, you know, we couldn't wait to watch TV yeah. on Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> so it's... I think it's great. I haven't myself tried it yet, um, yeah. but it's definitely something that I I'm I'm eager to see because I've just begun heard, hearing about it in the last couple weeks. Mm. So I'm I'm really interested to hear more people's opinions on it, and you know, and then explore it because I haven't even looked on it to see if there's like a, a tremendous like plethora of like different options to read, but yeah. I believe there are. So it's pretty cool. And hopefully it'll be able to get, you know, spread international soon. 
yeah no definitely and if you try it out you'll have to let us know what you think and let, let us know your thoughts because it definitely does sound like something that could be really good especially in the the indie author community yeah i have to see like i don't know like i know that it's obviously it's kindle but like i don't have a kindle device i use the kindle app on my phone so yeah, i'm gonna could probably do it on your phone. yeah so i'm gonna have to see if it's like part of the kindle app or it's something different um Probably should have done a little uh, bit moment. more research on it before we started talking about it. Um, but it's no, interesting. I just read at the moment you can do it through the official Kindle, Kindle Vela website or via an iOS app. There's no Android app right now. so mm. yeah. That's how new it is then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's only been released like very, very recently. But yeah. yeah, so anyone with Android apps, sorry, you can't do it right now. But interesting but speaking of the, yeah. the the kindle vela reminded me that last month we talked about netflix beginning their book club thing that that's that should have just started last week did you by chance get a chance to watch it at all i think it's america only oh that's I oh is it i couldn't find yeah oh then i, I dropped the ball on that one uh, <laughs> sorry everybody i didn't get a chance to watch it however it was it's been a crazy week for me um, at work, but uh, my goal is to try to watch it um, over this this coming week because in, we have Thanksgiving holiday this week, so I yeah. am off several days this week, so I'm going to have some extra yeah. time to eat lots <laughs> of good food and try to um, – I'm going to try to watch it so then in our December episode we can um, – we can talk a little bit more about the Netflix, Netflix book club. So oh, that was just a – yeah. Um, all right, so Liz, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it seems like it's book awards season. Did you know that? Oh, it definitely feels like it. I have all I'm seeing right now in the bookish news is is awards open, award winners. So yeah, I, I've seen a few. <laughs> But before we get to awards, there, you know, we talk about all the cool news and the good news. Um, but we do also mention when people in our bookish community do pass away. So um, Wilbur Smith, who is a South African novelist known for his historical fiction, um, did pass away on November 13th at the age of 88. So nice long life. He left a definitely a, a lasting contribution to our literary world um, and he published uh, 49 novels throughout his his writing career so an amazing yeah. I mean um, that is definitely a legacy yeah definitely amazing legacy so you know thoughts go out to his family and um, and pick up one of his books if you haven't checked it out yet all right Liz let's dive into awards what's been winning what's our first winner Okay, so uh, let's talk about the first one, which is probably the main one of the month, which is the Booker Prize. Uh, so the winner has been announced, and uh, obviously we, we did mention this a few episodes ago about the shortlist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the winner for this year's Booker Prize was Damon Galcott. Um, apologies if I said that wrong. Uh, his, his book was called The Promise, and this one is about um, South African farmers. So it's something that's definitely kind of caught my attention um, my, my fiance is South African, so it sounds a lot about kind of about the history and about um, the culture. So it's definitely something that I, I want to check out at some point. I agree. I've heard some really good things about this book, and um, and the Booker Prize is one of the biggest, so it's got to be good. 
All right, so another another one that just was announced this past week on November 17th, um, the National Book Award winners were announced in a virtual ceremony. So they gave awards for multiple different um, genre categories. <clears throat> but Jason Mott won the Fiction Award for his novel, Hell of a Book. It must be hell of a book if it won. I just, you know, just just saying. Um, so kudos to Jason Mott. But according to The Guardian, um, they said that the novel interweaves the narratives of an author on a book tour, drawing on Mott's own experience, himself being an author, um, and a young black boy nicknamed Suit, who is relentlessly bullied by other children because of the darkness of his skin. And... How timely is this that we then just previously talked about the rise of minor- minority characters in children's books? Because, Definitely. you know, we do. We still see bullying and discrimination because of people's color of their skin. Um, yeah. So uh, this this one intrigues me. Um, you know, The Promise by Damon Galgut that intrigues me as well. But if I had to pick between mm-hmm. the promise and hell of a book, I think I might start with hell of a book. Um, it, it must be a hell of a book. Yeah. What else can you say okay. about it? When, when you when you when you call a book that, then it's got to win an award, hasn't it? Really. I, I, I you're setting yourself up for <laughs> success. Absolutely. Exactly. So here here's what exactly. we'll do. You read the promise. I'll read hell of a book, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Sounds good. All right. Sounds like a good. All right, tell us about this next fun okay. one. <laughs> so uh, the uh, we have had the title, uh, well, the award, uh, unofficial award, for the oddest book title of the year. Um, now, this one, we've, we've been told about this before the show, and it just sounds a little bit tame to, to what we've had in the past. This one is called A Dog Pissing at the Edge of a Path by Gregory Foss. Um there's gotta be odder name books out there like this is the yeah, oddest name book a dog pissing at we, the we end have. of a path i mean it's odd yes but the oddest yeah no i'm sure i've, I've read some odder titles this year um but obviously uh they've also given kudos to Introducing the Medieval Ass and Lawnmowers and Illustrated History, which won the 42nd Diagram Prize, run by the Bookseller Magazine. Now, it's not what you think, people. It's not about medieval butts. Oh, it is about disappointing. I know. It was just sad. But what's funny is that this award has been out for 42 years. Like, we're going to need to do some research on the other oddest titled books of the years so um but yeah huh very interesting yeah i'm sure we can come up with our own like odd title awards i reckon it might that might be a new year thing that we give our own awards yes (laughs) i think you're on to something we are going to come up that's exactly what we're going to do see we're planning our next show Thanks, everybody. We are going to come up with our own book awards, and um, that's going to be super fun. Okay, we went. We I'll write that down because otherwise Liz will forget that. Um, so we'll figure it I out. Mean, the one, yeah, no, the one that the beats it that actually came out last year. There's a book called Kissing the Coronavirus. I mean, Ooh, that's mm, just weird. Yeah, that might be a good way to um, spread it. You know, 
just just saying. I, even if you're vaccinated, that probably isn't a good but idea. I, I, think, I think that's harder than the dog one. Yeah. I think that's harder than the dog one. The dog one. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. Okay, well, what else? What else have we got going on? So to wrap up our little award section here, just so everybody knows that voting is now open for the Goodreads Book of the Year awards, and they have all sorts of categories, all sorts of the genres represented, and there are some amazing books on there. So I went in already this week and voted for my picks. Um, so just get in and vote on Goodreads. So. And we'll be announcing those when those yeah, awards so are. The, exactly. The opening round is open from November 16th to the 28th. And the final round is November 30th to December 5th, with winners being announced on December 9th. So we'll be able to announce it in our next show. Ah, exciting! All right, Liz, why don't <laughs> that you... One's, I find that one's the most accurate, because that one is... It's, readers yeah it's us in a panel yeah exactly so i'm looking forward to seeing that i am too um all right liz why don't you take us through we have four upcoming books to movies why don't you give us the rundown on those we do so the first one is actually one that holly has just finished reading recently mm-hmm. um and that is my best friend's exorcism by grady hendrix um this is due to come to amazon prime in 2022 um, as a film, is it, Holly? Uh, yeah, I believe it's going to be an Amazon movie. Okay, that's pretty exciting. Um, and the next one is, you may have seen already, episode one of The Wheel of Time was released on the 19th of November. This is actually a series that I've seen quite a lot of recently going around, um, going around Instagram. Um, just checking the author. It's by Robert Jordan. Uh, the the series and I think Brandon Sanderson did have some involvement in it but it's meant to be some epic fantasy series so that's one I definitely want to Mm. to have a look into same again Amazon Prime and they release one episode a week so yeah definitely check that out and uh, The Hating Game an old rom-com which was uh, a book by Sally Thorne released I think about 10 years ago now mm. um, is coming out in America um, in cinemas on December 10th mm. UK are still waiting for a release date sadly uh, but this stars Lucy Hale who's from uh, Pretty Little Lies mm-hmm. and uh, Austin Stoll mm. that'll so, be a good one yeah that one yeah I'm looking forward to that one the, the book was really good I read it a while ago now um, and finally, it was um, one more film that is due to come out on the November 24th, so just after this episode um, drops, and that is House of Gucci, um, and that's coming into cinemas on November 24th. It's based on the 2001 book, House of Gucci, A Sensational Story of Murder, Madness, Glamour and Grief by Sarah Gay Forden. Um, again, it's got some big names. It's got Lady Big Gaga, names. Um, Jared Leto. Adam it's Driver. Directed by Ridley Scott. Yep, Adam Driver. So that one's got a massive cast. Um, so definitely, if you're into that kind of thing, definitely check it out. So they, those are all the books to movies. Holly, tell us about the latest news from the New York Times bestsellers list. So we have some new entries into the list, obviously, because it's been a couple weeks since our last episode. But Michael Connolly's new release, The Dark Hours, has entered the list as the number one book this week. So um, he he's another one who's written quite a few books that are very well received. He's a very popular author. So 
So check out his new book, The Dark Hours. Now, as far as the longest reigning books in the top 15, um, we talked last week that, you know, Where the Crawdads Sing and um, has kind of fallen off the list. But right now, the longest reigning book in the top 15 is It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, and it's sitting at 22 weeks. So I know a lot of people love Colleen Hoover's books. I haven't read any of them mm. yet, so, um, but I hear yeah, they're that. good. But the other one that's kind of challenging it is the seven husband, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's also holding on to a twenty-week run in the top fifteen. That book I've read, and I really, really did enjoy that one. <laughs> so that's where we are with our with our our reigning champions. Um, <clears throat> but here's an interesting thing. Typically, we just talk about the the numbers from the combined print and ebook fiction list in this little section. But as I was flipping through looking at the different um, best-selling lists they have, because they have them for all the different genres and categories, mm-hmm. it is definitely worth mentioning the standings for the young adult hardback. One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. I read it maybe two years ago and loved it. Yeah. It is currently sitting at number one. But, Liz, you have any idea how long it's been on this list? And it's been moving around. It hasn't been number one this whole time. Do you have any idea how long this book has been on the list? Oh. Uh, I think you should, think you should tell us. I think we, we need to know. 198 weeks. That's three and a half wow. years this book has been moving around, making its its case on the New York That's Times bestseller crazy. list for the young adult hardback. So I suppose... They had a new uh, new one out recently, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So that's probably brought it back into the limelight. Yep. And I want to say that they're turning it into a movie. I think we've talked about that. Or yeah, I think um, I've heard that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 making its its run after where the crawdads sing as far as its longevity on the list. Yeah. Well, congratulations, uh, congratulations, Karen. Yeah. So lots of stuff happening. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back and um, we're going to talk about a a major book that we've both read recently. So give us one second. (laughs) We'll be right back. All right. We're back for the what you're reading section. So typically we talk about books that we've just recently read and books that we're reading. Today we're going to change it up a little bit and just really talk about um, a book that we both have just recently finished. And that would be The Last House on Needless Street by Katarina Ward. I read it and I said, Liz, you better read this book. Liz, read the book. All right, Liz. She 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 actually worded it as, Liz, you have to read this book. I was like, okay, if she says that, then it's got to be good. So <laughs> I went out that weekend and found a really nice version of it in a bookshop. And I literally finished it yesterday. So. And you just started it on, like, what, Monday? You, you read it in, like, four or five days. I can not stop. Oh, it was, yeah. It, it was easy to finish quickly. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So just to kind of give a quick synopsis before we talk about it. So the book the book is about this 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 guy like if you read the back of the book you have this guy you have a girl who never leaves her house and a bible reading cat and you're you know even from the back of the book you're led to believe that the guy is a serial killer so you go in 
knowing that you have a serial killer, a cat, a cat that reads the Bible, and a, a, a girl, a, a child who never leaves the house. So just you start with some interesting characters, and you're in this like boarded up house at the end of a cul-de-sac that's surrounded by woods is really what your setting in is. And that is primarily where the entire story takes place is in this house and in the surrounding woods. Uh, there are some moments of of like flashbacks like that kind of um mm. you know the ability to to learn a little bit about some of the characters um past so that you can see where they you know how and why they got to where we are in current day which i always enjoy that kind of cyclical um yeah you know structure where you you're not given all the information about the character up front and you're not led to kind of dig it out like you're just given the pieces of the puzzle at moments throughout and you have to piece it together all right what are your thoughts liz uh it was amazing obviously we can't give we can't go into too much detail so we don't want to give any spoilers away but i felt that the that the writer got across the each individual character's voice really well to the point of i don't think you would have really needed the um the names on each title because each title of the chapters they it said who was speaking um so whether it was the bible's reading cat or whether it was ted the main character or anyone else at one point you didn't really need that because the tone of voice was portrayed so well you knew who it was um and straight away like pretty much the first few chapters ted just he unnerves you. He makes you feel uncomfortable. And like something's off. Something is not right. Just through tone of voice and what he says, it's not really even about actions. It's more about just his how he is. Um, I just thought it, it kept me on my on my toes like for the whole time. It was so engaging. It completely got me lost into the world. And yeah, I completely understand what you meant now by... By saying that you have to read it because it was a fantastic read and it just keeps you guessing to the end yeah and it's just the the i thought the really cool thing about it was you know and liz said that it's it's almost hard to talk about the book because the twists are so big and so important that we don't even want to say a word about it (laughs) because it would destroy the entire book to say the twists and the turns in it but the author provides an afterword that I encourage you if you read the house, the last house on Needless mm. Street, read the author's afterword because it really kind of puts into perspective why the author wrote the book that she did. Um, and yeah. it, she, she addresses some really, really challenging, difficult, controversial topics in this book as well. And done in such a way that you don't even realize it's coming until it's like in your face and at that point you're just like i finished the book not knowing what to say what to think (laughs) my mouth was hanging open uh which is why i immediately said liz you've got to read this book and there's you know not a lot of books that i just i feel that way about but the 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 end topic that this book ends up being about which shifts like you you think you know where you're going with the book and then something happens you're like oh this and then it shifts and you're like oh and it shifts again and so you know by the end it's just like to take on such a challenging 
difficult topic, but to do it in such a way that is so powerful and you're just like, whoa, it's, it's, you know, it's really, really good. And there is a side character in there. Um, there's a, a girl uh, named Dee whose uh, sister went missing. And she's been on, like, this obsessive mission to find her sister. And it's, like, 11 years later that, you know, it's been over a decade since her sister went missing. And she's obsessed with where her sister is and trying to figure out, you know, who took her sister and what happened to her sister. And even within that kind of parallel interwoven storyline, like, there's a lot of twists and turns in there. But I will say that if there was any area that I was left a little confused or a little disappointed by, it would be her storyline because where the other, the main storyline was really well concluded and wrapped up. I felt with D's storyline, it was just like, bam, done, moving on. And so I was, I was a lot, I was left a little, little disappointed with the anticlimactic ending of, of D's storyline. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the twist in Dee's story was very rushed. They got out very quickly and then moved on back to back to the other protagonist. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it didn't give you a chance to really absorb it and go, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what did I just read? Yeah. But to be fair, I feel like pretty much every chapter I got to the end going, what? Uh, uh-huh. just, it leaves you breath. It leaves you absolutely speechless because it's so surreal at times. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's just a, an absolute fantastic read. The, I really want to read more of her, more of Katriana's stuff, just because this, just the quality of writing was so, so, so high. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I'd it, love to see what what else that she she's done and kind of see if the, the their quality continues. And you can definitely tell, like you know, she talks about how much research she did going into the book, and you can really see mm-hmm. that come out. But it's more oh, than definitely. just that because it is her writing style, like. You know, to develop yeah. characters as clearly and as well as she did, um, you know, and with Olivia, the cat, like, <laughs> it, it was the weirdest thing. Like, Olivia is one of my new favorite characters, like, and it's a cat. And you never, you never, ever think that Olivia is anything other than a cat. However, it's a cat with a human like personality like the cat is talking and and reading verses in the bible when the bible falls and opens up and but at the same time the cat's licking its tail and you know that it's a cat it's doing cat things but with a human mind and it's just it's just but the cat knows it's a cat the whole time does that make sense like it's just (laughs) that doesn't make sense you know, so the cat yeah, knows it's a cat. It's acting like a cat, but has these, like, rational, humanistic thoughts. The character development was absolutely um, amazing. Mm-hmm. The The way that they developed each individual person and, and animal, in that case, and the way that each one changed as the story progressed, but individually, it was, yeah, it was just so well done. And yeah. I definitely recommend it to anyone. That's definitely a a five-star read. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, so the last house on Needless Street by Katarina Ward, um, was, was 
definitely five stars, something to kind of look into. Um, it is a darker book, so it's not going to necessarily be a touchy feely, you know, rom-com type book. It's definitely, (laughs) it's definitely a thriller, darker, uh, you know, psychological kind of book. So check, check it out. Um, then just real quick, the other book was that I have finished recently was my best friend's exorcism by Grady Hendrix. I'd heard Thing, good things about it after I'd read the Final Girl Support Group and I didn't really care for that one. Um, this one kind of left me a little mediocre as well, but I will watch, yeah. I will watch the movie when it comes out. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I, I, you know, I'm not mad I read it. It's just, I just don't know if that writing style is for me. What have you read? What was the other book you've read? Uh, I've read two this month, but the one that kind of stood out, another one that stood out for me this month is Blue Shadows Fall by Lenore Stutznegger, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously a, a relatively unheard of writer. Uh, this book came out a week or so ago, I believe. And it's a fantasy novel that is about uh, this family, well, basically this main character, Blue, who grows up with this enhanced ability and she has to keep it secret for her whole, her whole life uh, because they used to live in a time where shadow elves ruled and if anyone's seen with an enhanced ability, there's a chance that they'll be executed or imprisoned because they think it's, they think it's a sign of evil. Um, and then basically something happens one night and her whole life changes. Um, that one, I just thought it was such a good novel. The way that she described the setting, um, again, it was a multi-narrative, which I absolutely love. It was dual narrative between the main character and one of the warriors. Um, and the way that they described the characters and and really developed the characters, it was just a, a really, really good read. So if you're into fantasy, I definitely would recommend that. And that's Blue Shadows Fall by Lenore Stutznegger. Awesome. All right, so we're going to wrap this section up real quick with some new and upcoming releases because it is time for us to move into our exciting author interview segment. Um, our author, our guest author, has just joined us. So we're going to run through these upcoming releases, take just a short break, and then we are going to talk with our author that's joined us. So, um, Liz, what's our first one on our list? So the first one is for those that are into the Outlander series, and it's a new Outlander book uh, called Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone, and it's by Diana Gaboldon, I believe it is, and that comes out both in the UK and the US on November 23rd. Oow, so if you're looking for some Thanksgiving weekend reading, there's a book. Um, another one that's coming out is Some Things I Still Can't Tell You, um, which is a book of poems by Misha Collins. Uh, it comes out in the UK November 25th. It is already out here in the United States. It came out on October 12th. So a book of poems by Misha Collins. Okay. Yeah, and a fun fact, if, if you're into Supernatural, Misha Collins is glad she played Cass for in Supernatural. Oh, yeah. There's a fun fact of the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, for um, if anyone's read the These Violent Lights by Chloe Gong, she is bringing a sequel to that out called Our Violent Ends, which is coming out on November 16th. Okay, so that just came out just a couple of days ago. Yep, that was just really... <laughs> <laughs> not 16th anymore. Like. I know. Yeah, it came, it came up about six days ago when this dropped, so... yeah. Um, yeah, 
time's flying. The, the year needs to slow down just a little bit. Um, the next one is Gilded by Marissa Meyer. She is the author of the Lunar Chronicles, so Cinder and Scarlet, that series. Um, this book is coming out, uh, well, it already came out on November 2nd, so it just came out a couple weeks ago. Actually, the same date that our author's book came out, and we're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, so th- this is a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin, so Gilded by Marissa mm-hmm. Meyer. And what's our last one on our list? And finally, we've got another Jodie Picoult, because who doesn't love a good Jodie Picoult novel? Um, as long as you have a box of tissue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, just to, to, to break your heart just a little bit more. Um, this one is called Wish You Were Here, and it comes out on the 25th of November in the UK. US have got to wait slightly longer, and that's going to come out the November the 30th. So, yeah, that is it for new and upcoming releases for November. Awesome. All right. So that takes care of that. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Jessica Gravu Glover. All right. So welcome, Jessica. So before we introduce you, um, Jessica's debut novel, correct? This is your yep, debut sure. novel. Mm-hmm just came out the beginning of November. It's called Another Bee Skin. So with us today, we have Jessica Gravu Glover. She is the author of Another Bee Skin, the first book in a contemporary fantasy trilogy. And I will say fantasy is my go-to genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about that. She grew up in Miami, dreaming of magic and other realms in which to escape the heat and the humidity. Probably more the humidity than the heat, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she currently resides in Los Angeles, California area with her British um, ex- expat. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. British expat husband, two kids, and the world's fastest bulldog. Okay, Jessica, how fast does your bulldog run? She's, she's very fast. <laughs> very fast. <laughs> She can do. She's right behind me. She's uh, she'll be nine in January, so she's slowing down a bit. But Aww. she can do like a five-minute mile. She's ridiculous. <laughs> she's it's wow. it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could do a five-minute mile in my sleep in a dream. No. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, you, you just had your book released. I had the wonderful privilege of reading it um, as an advanced copy back over the summer and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and, you know, wanted to bring you on so that we could talk about your book, promote it a little bit. Um, so why don't you just jump in and tell us a little bit about the book? Um, yeah, I know. I'm Thank you for having me. Um, and, and when you read it too, I, I did revisions afterwards. It was pulled off. And so it, there's a little bit, a little bit of changes that, um, since you've read it. So I'll have to reread it then. Good things. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I don't know. Um, the book centers around Nisa, um, who has always lived her life feeling like she was other, mm-hmm. um, felt a little bit apart. And after, going through a divorce and the loss of her father, who was kind of like her cornerstone um, in everything in life. She takes basically a sabbatical and moves from Los Angeles back to England, where she essentially grew up um, with her father and meets this family who we realize is more than the human personas they portray. Um, 
so she she's trained in swordsmanship and hand-to-hand combat and finds a kinship with this family and we find out that they're fae and they are protecting the veil that is a demarcation between the human and the fae realm or the realm of magic and the realm of science and four crystals with varying properties have gone missing and these are crystals that have held up the realm the the veil between realms for centuries um and the knee-jerk reaction that's happened chemically in in both realms um is catastrophic and so they need to find these crystals and put them back together and nisa might just be what they needed in order to complete the task so i think that's as succinctly as i have ever been able to I'll send you the recording so you can use it again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You can take that little snippet and use it for whatever you want. (laughs) But, you know... pretty fascinating. How did you... Oh. I was just going to say, one of the things I liked about, like, the the journey to get the crystals, because, you know, that that is a you know a good portion of, like, one of the segments of the book, um, is, is trying to find those crystals. But I also felt it was almost like, you know, a version of like the hero's journey, like where, you know, they're, they're going on this quest. She has her, her people to help her. She has to kind of go into areas that she's not comfortable with. And then she has to face those obstacles and then come out the other side. So, and I, I, I love that piece. I love being able to kind of connect things to like the, the hero cycle and that, that journey of, of accomplishment and that mission and that purpose. So it, it's, and it, and it, and it continues. Like there's a couple different missions and journeys that the characters have to go on during it, during the book. But I, I really like that you approached it with that kind of structure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Um, she's, she's dealing with anxiety um, mainly because she grew up not realizing what she actually was. Um, And so kind of implementing that into normal, I I say human, even though she's more than human um, psyche is, is kind of a part of her hero's journey is realizing that, you know, if she can tap into what she really is and accept that and really embrace it, that, that's going to help her in all aspects and just kind of that that feeling of loss that she starts in the beginning of the book and and using that as her her kind of launching board into the rest of her journey I think is what I was really trying to go with so that makes sense absolutely (laughs) so um how did you come up with the concept for for this series I was um, I was in England visiting my in-laws with my kids in 2018 over the summer, and my mother-in-law just sold her 16th century cottage. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were staying in the cottage, and it is on the edge of the Ashton Forest. Like her backyard is the Ashton Forest, yeah. which is 100-acre wood from Winnie the Pooh. Um, and since the house is you know 500 years old, I was thinking about all the lives that it had seen all the energy that was kind of encapsulated within the walls of this cottage, um, the death, the passion, just, you know, everything that was held within the walls. Um, and just that kind of spiraled into what if there were a different realm? What if there, what would be the barrier between realms? What would keep there from being a bleed between the realms? And, I, I went with it. Also, the town um, where my mother-in-law lives is situated on ley lines, 
And so that, like the energy of that and the thought of that just kind of sparked it. So, yeah. Brilliant. And I just had a question that I wanted to ask about that, and it completely went out of my brain. Um, so I'll see if it comes back to me at some point. So... <laughs> So you said that like you you've made some changes. So after like the arc came out, you, you you did some revisions. Was there anything when you wrote the book that you just completely um chopped out? Like from your initial draft, you you wrote it and you're just like, oh, taking that out, that didn't work. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, there are actually a few things. Um, actually, the funniest part is when I officially when it started the querying journey the book was 170,000 words which is like insane mm-hmm. and I was such a newbie that all I, I sent out 76 queries in one go and like half of them came back saying it's too long <laughs> Sorry, <again. laughs> nice try so I ended up cutting roughly 70,000 words and wow. most of that I moved into the second book. I found a good stopping point and I moved that to the second book. Um, but there were chapters that I cut out. There are two POV chapters of Kajerans, um, mm. which now I've, I've kind of edited and I want to send out to people who have read the book now just for fun because they're extra chapters. Um, but it didn't need to be in it. <laughs> so um, so that was a good one to cut out. And then um, then there was a chapter where they're kind of traveling. It, it's when they're in the Fey realm and mm-hmm. she's talking about magic and her connection to, you know, possible family members and how she can um, kind of tap into her magic. And, and she links it to a story about when her fa- she and her father were in uh, Puerto Rico and all sorts of things. And I, and every time I would go through and edit that I was like I'm kind of bored with this chapter so when it came down to it I'm like it doesn't need to be in here um so I was wasting my time and everyone else's so yeah I chopped that and so that was that was a big chunk I think was it hard some other ones was it hard to pull those Um, things out it it was hard in the sense that oh should I be doing this but in the end it was it flowed so much better once I did it so it was just such a learning experience (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, um, as we know, this is going to be a, a series of books. How is how is book two coming along? Is it? Have you started work on that? It's actually done. It's in. Um, actually, I, it, it was on final proofread, um, and then it came back, and there were some other, just some other minor things that I wanted to do as far as like uh, line edits, and so I'm going to send it through for one more proofread. Um, but it's done. It's coming out in March, March 22nd. Um, and then book three, the, the draft is done. So I'm just waiting on first edits on that. So, okay. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So your trilogy is pretty much done, except for mm-hmm. editing. So, uh, and it is, um, you know, National Novel Writing Month. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so are you working on any other projects do you have anything else that's in your brain that you're ready to get out on paper i have so many things (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes i um, i'm not doing um i'm not doing nanorama nanorama yeah um i can't handle that kind of pressure (laughs) 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 but i have another book um, that's kind of a story that's really close to my heart and it's called stars like gasoline. And I had begun querying it and I decided 
that I want to do it on my own, Mm. just my own little project. So um, it is going into edits in February and I'm hoping for a July release. So that's super exciting. Um, I don't expect to make huge changes. Um, It's, it's been through one, it's been through a lot of drafts and it's been through betas and different things, but um, yeah, so this is a new journey for me, this going full Mm -hmm. indie publishing. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And the book is, uh, it's contemporary fiction. Okay. However, it has um, threads of supernatural. There are ghosts in it and um, kind of toys with um, like Catholicism and limitations of religion and things like that. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about this book. So that is a big project. And then um, the novel that I'm writing on, my work in progress, is uh, like a dark academia, sci-fi kind of thing. And I'm calling it The Secret History Meets Frankenstein. So that's (laughs) so far my comps. (laughs) Every word coming out of your mouth is like speaking straight to me. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm super excited. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So yeah. Uh, so have um, you always wanted to be an author, or a, yeah. is his writing um, always been a, a passion of yours? It, it always has, yeah. Um, when I was little, my mom worked for Pan Am forever, and when she did quality assurance auditing, she would fly to different stations, so she never really just worked in one place, and I would jump on the plane with her and go and sit in airports waiting for her and scribble on cocktail <laughs> napkins, and that was that was it. I think I wrote my first novel at 12. Um, it was a vampire story. Um, and it just, it's always been a passion. I just, I have a creative writing degree from the University of Miami. Sorry, I know. I know, I know, I know, we're rivals. (laughs) We haven't played yet. Have we, we haven't played yet this year, have we? No, no. I don't think so. Yeah, just so everybody knows, she's a Miami hurricane. I'm a Virginia Tech Hokie. We do not get along when it comes to college football. No, Mm -mm. it's terrible. (laughs) It is. (laughs) But being a Miami football fan is is some hard work, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, believe me, this year being a Virginia Tech Hokie football fan has been tough, too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely a lesson in (laughs) grief management. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (sighs) But, um, yeah, so I just um, always, I've always been a writer, and I, kind of switch around vacillate between poetry short stories and and then I really dove into really putting the effort into a novel with Beast that was kind of the first time I really gave it a go um but I I had a long pause between feeling like I was actually writing more um between when I graduated college and then my you know just went into working and then having kids and everything was bigger than me Mm -hmm. so Really, it took a while to get back into it, so, and I'm yeah. glad I did. Well, that's awesome. Life definitely happens. It uh, does. Yeah. <laughs> and um, do you have? So you talked about you started writing when you were 12. So how many unpublished, half finished stories, <laughs> books do you have in that in that like little secret drawer? <laughs> Um, I was actually just looking through them today, some of my old college papers, things like that. Some of them really embarrassing, but um, <laughs> um, I'd say hundreds. Um, not not really novels. I only have maybe 
two, three, three like started novels that I just kind of gave up and I, I didn't foresee it really going anywhere. Um, the rest are stories or stories that are finished, but I don't necessarily want to do anything with. It's like they had their time and place and it's over, it's done. And a lot of poetry. So, so probably hundreds of pieces. So would you ever consider like publishing a collection of your poems? Yes. Mm-hmm. It might be something that I'm in doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to spoil the secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is something I'd, I'd like to do. And it had never really occurred to me until I started putting some of my poetry on Instagram and people were actually asking me for it. So um, that was new to me. It had been something that was just kind of my own catharsis and I would just do it on my own and never show it to anyone. And um, being on Instagram and kind of having to showcase my own work um, has really opened me up a little bit. It was something that I wasn't comfortable with at all. It was something that my, my mom was even saying that she was proud of me for <laughs> because I was I'm always like really, um, really introverted and um, didn't want to kind of share too much of myself. Being vulnerable was not my forte. Um, and so I kind of just decided to go all in and, and it's been good. It's been a good thing. So, yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic. So just talking about kind of writing in general, um, just talk us through your, your writing process. Are you the sort of person that makes loads of notes, plans a lot before you write, or or do you tend to kind of just write and go with the flow and almost like write from by the seat of your, of your pants kind of thing? Yeah, I'm kind of a pantser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I make outlines that I don't necessarily follow, um, but I do take a lot of notes. Um, I'm constantly taking notes, and most of what I write requires a lot of research. Beast had a lot of research in it. Um, and then... Um, my current whip is ridiculous. I can't get through a thousand words without full research, like deep dive on things. Mm. Um, so I have, a, I have a whole journal. I actually wrote an entire, um, <laughs> like an economics, like a mini dissertation just for a scene where two <laughs> characters meet. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Um, so I do take a lot of notes, but I don't necessarily plan ahead. So I just kind of, I go with it. My characters absolutely yeah. walk all over me. <laughs> they do what they want. <laughs> So what is your writing kryptonite then? Um, That's a very good question. Um, I think that I get too much in my own head. And so, which is great, but then too much of it, I I can't... um, I can't tighten as much as I would like to sometimes. I think that's the, that's the issue. Um, if that makes sense, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm so much into the scene or the characters that sometimes I can't separate what needs to be told. Um, mm. So I think that's, that's where I do appreciate like a developmental, <laughs> developmental editor. For any kind of aspiring authors, um, aspiring writers out there who are listening to this, what advice would you give them uh, when it comes to, to writing and kind of getting out there? Don't give up. I think it's so easy to give up and to say I'm not good enough. And imposter syndrome is so real and it's awful. Um, and especially for those of us who aren't naturally confident. And I think a lot of writers fall into that category. I mean, we're mm. sensitive. Um, but just your story needs to be told. 
and you're going to find the people who want to read it, need to read it. Um, and it might not happen when you're 19 or when you're 32 or, you know, there's no age limit. I'm 42. Um, it, there's no time cap on your creativity or your propensity for success. And, you know, and success will look like something very different to everyone. You know, for me, it's the fact that I actually, I, I did it. I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that it was published is wonderful. The fact that people are really enjoying it is fantastic. So, um, yeah, just don't give up and don't subscribe to anyone else's version of, of who you should be or what your writing should be or what your success should be. I love that. Yeah, that's pretty advice. So you just kind of talked about, you know, you know, authors being kind of hard on themselves and things like that. So do you think that someone can be a writer and be a successful writer if they don't feel emotions strongly? Um, I do. I do think so. Cause I think there's a, a place for all kinds of writing. Um, and I don't think that everything needs to be an emotional roller coaster. I think that you can tell it also, I mean, you know, you have, successful journalistic writers um, and, it, and not necessarily in a nonfiction sort, but you can tell a story without it being flowery um, and emotionally driven. And, and a lot of people like to read kind of cut and dry works. Um, I'm, I feel everything deeply. I'm like, Oh, I'm like moody emo kid. So I, I need all the feels. Um, and I think that's how I write. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think so. Yeah, I think so. That that's your creative writing degree coming up. See, my degree is in journalism, so I, I like the other <laughs> the other aspect of the writing yeah, piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have my I had two 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 majors were um, international studies, international security, intelligence, and foreign policy was my focus with a minor in German, and so I had a very cut and dry like professional level focus and then creative writing and every time I would write my papers for my international security classes my professor had been the head of the CIA station in Panama and in Indonesia um, and he was just I mean this really cool old dude and um, he would read my papers and he's like oh man <laughs> he's like okay this is a bit too creative <laughs> oh he's like we don't necessarily need the adjectives or the feeling involved he's like i want this is you're writing a report <laughs> this is, we're talking about the dissemination of information or you know the discrepancy in policies like we don't need the emotion behind it I'm like, okay <laughs> <laughs> it's hard and i get that like um i taught high school journalism for years and i had a student in there who was in also in creative writing and it took me basically all year to get him to realize that he couldn't write like short stories he could because I mean of course we can publish those but when he was given an article to write on a specific topic he couldn't turn that into a five page short story and wonder why I chopped it all out it's you know yeah. so it is hard it, it's hard to really like you know to, to separate what your 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 writing style and passion is I totally see Definitely. that yeah mm -hmm. swap that style mm -hmm. is hard mm -hmm. yeah Okay, so I think we've got time for a few more questions. So we'll just go with a few little fun ones to end. Um, so if you could collaborate with any other writer, living or dead, who would it be and why? 
Oh, <laughs> oh that's exciting. Um, I really adore Aaron Morgenstern, um, who wrote The Night Circus and The Starless oh, Sea. Yeah. Um, two of my favorite books. Um, and I just, her writing is absolutely incredible to me. Mm. There's, it's, it's so lyrical. And, yeah. and, and I, I think a lot of my writing kind of leans towards lyrical, but I'm not at her level. Um, so that would be an amazing collaboration for me. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, in Night Circus, yeah, I love The Night Circus. Such yeah, a, yeah. a beautiful book. Really, so really. Beautiful. And The Star of the Sea, too. It's just, yeah, incredible, incredible book. And then uh, Deb Harkness is another favorite author. Um, and I've met her several times. She's just such a real that. person. So, so that would, that would yeah. be really fun. So, yeah. And she's the uh, Discovery of Witches series, doesn't yes. she? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Brilliant. my other favorite book. So. <laughs> I'm interested to know about how your family feels about your writing because I know you're 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 a wife, you're a mom of two teenagers, <laughs> um, and mom is now a published author of you know a fantasy book. So how do how do they how do they support you? How do they feel about your book? Um, have have they been your your toughest critics? Um, topics, critics, and best supporters. Honestly, they really are. Um, my my kids. We, when I first started Beast, I actually decided I started writing it on the plane on the way home. And then we got home, and we had like a month between going then to Florida to visit my mom. And I said, you know what? It's too hot to do anything. We're all writing. We're all going to write a book this month. And everyone was on board with that, which was really cool. Um, and my my daughter is an incredible writer. She's she blows me away. She's highly intelligent and um, one of the most well-read people that I know. Um, so being able to discuss themes with her and tone um, has been kind of invaluable. Um, and my husband is not a reader, but he's quite brilliant and can look at things really objectively. Um, and that's been great. And he's been helping me. There's some, been some publishing issues um, that I've had lately and he's been kind of jumping in and helping out with that because he has like print and design experience um so overall they've they've been hugely supportive um although when i started writing the third book they were like wait what another one and i was like yeah <laughs> sorry they're like are you ever not going to be writing i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome yeah so they had to be it's got to be tough <laughs> I know it's pretty good when you've got such a supportive family. It makes so much difference. It really does. Okay, so we are on the final question of the interview before we go into our final um, segment of the show. So uh, to finish us off, what is your favourite book of... Favourite book of all time? It cut out a little bit. Yeah. Oh, um, so it's always... It's been... um, the historian kind of reigned supreme until I read a discovery of witches and then it was totally overshadowed by discovery of witches. And, oh. um, and then last year when I read the starless sea, I realized that that's on my roster of favorites. So <laughs> I have discovery of witches and the starless sea are just kind of fighting for space there. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Both of which are on my to be read list and I haven't read them yeah. yet. 
They're yeah. <laughs> well, Night Circus is on my to be to be read list as well, and that's because um, that's a book Liz is like, you got to read this, you got to read this, you got to read this. Yeah. So I and bought it. Good. I have it. So I'll be I'll be reading it. I'll be reading it soon. Um, it is it's beautiful. Oh, I can't wait. That's what I keep hearing, so I'm excited. Um, well, Jessica, you're going to partake in our final piece of our show. Um, what we do is we always end our show with kind of like an either-or, like, speed round. Uh, so this one, we're just going to do – it's going to be a fun one. It's just a fall kind of like Thanksgiving time of year, either or. So you did, there's 10 questions. All you do is just you pick your answer and you don't have to give any explanation. I'm, I struggle very much with this because I like to explain my answers. So I try very hard not to. Um, but that's, that's the goal is that you just give your answer and you don't explain it. So just, it out. just, yep. So I'll read okay. the two choices. Jessica, you go, you go first, then Liz and then me. Okay. Okay. All right, so here's our either either or fall edition. Um, pumpkin pie or apple pie? Pumpkin. Apple pie. Apple pie. Um, bonfire or hayride? Bonfire. Hayride. Bonfire. Liz, you only said that because you've never been on a hayride. <laughs> they are fun. They are fun. <laughs> um, okay. Corn maze or haunted house? Corn maze. Corn maze. I would also agree with the corn maze. Um, hot cocoa. I know you haven't done that either. <laughs> We need to like contact someone in charge over there in the UK and say, "Look, you need to get some hay rides and you need to get some corn mazes." Um, okay. And we also celebrate Thanksgiving, so we can have those speed days as well. Absolutely, <laughs> like it's the best. Like it, it. I am so excited about having three days off this week. I know a lot of schools are closed mm-hmm. for the entire week, but I'll yeah. take the three days off that I get. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I need it. Um, okay, hot cocoa or apple cider. Cider. Hmm. Hot cocoa. Hot cocoa. Um, candy apples or toffee apples? Toffee apples. Toffee apples. I'm going to say candy apples. I'm the opposite. I haven't had a toffee apple, so I'm just not adventurous <laughs> enough to pick that one. <laughs> I don't even know the difference. So I don't I either. My teeth hurt <laughs> thinking about all of them, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is true. It should have been like candy apple or your teeth. Because <laughs> sometimes you can't have both. Uh, okay. Big cozy sweaters or a big cozy blanket? Both. Blanket. Blanket, blanket. <laughs> blanket yeah. Yep, I'd pick a blanket as well. Um, cinnamon or pumpkin spice? Uh, pumpkin spice. You're a pumpkin girl. Cinnamon spice. Yeah. I would say cinnamon. I, I I don't like anything pumpkin. I know that makes me really weird, but I don't like anything pumpkin. Yeah, watch out. Holly starts hating people that likes pumpkin. <laughs> I don't hold a grudge against anybody who likes pumpkin. But I think it's super sweet, though. So that's a, that's the difference. I don't like the pumpkin spice lattes are too sweet for me. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. Cozy up by a fire or in bed? Uh... Fire. 
Fire. Um, super chili. Soup. 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 And our last one is leggings or sweatpants. Sweatpants. Leggings. And I'd say leggings as well. Awesome. All right. Well, this thank you. definitely the most Americanized <laughs> Okay. And I will say. I feel like I've been like. <laughs> just for the record, I did tell Liz to change any of the either or that she wanted to because she was giving me a hard time being like, this is the most American Thanksgiving thing ever. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Change something. <laughs> you guys have like the most full stuff though. We don't, we do, we have like yeah. toffee apples and we have fires. And <laughs> we don't really have much on Halloween. But we don't really do like big full things, so yeah. I just was yeah, like, my husband's never been into it. Oh, no. yeah. Well, so so here's what you do, Liz. <laughs> Next year, you come to the United States to Arizona, and then we will drive to LA because it's yeah. only like a four and a half hour drive. We'll drive to LA. We'll meet up with Jessica, and we'll go on hay rides and corn mazes, yeah. and we'll we'll just <laughs> have a big old blast. Yay. Yeah, we have some nice pumpkin patches here. So. Yeah. So. All right. So, Jessica, as we wrap up, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online? Um, so, um, I'm on Instagram probably the most, and it's um, I've, now I've just changed my handle to my name. So, Jessica with a K, Grave Glover, and then um, my website, JessicaGraveGlover.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, Jessica Mittens, because um, it's like gloves. Oh, that's cute. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I have a Facebook page. Again, it's just my name, uh, just a writing page. Um, and I'm on TikTok, but I don't really use it. I kind of just edit videos on it because <laughs> it is not my thing. So that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Awesome. And my books can be found um, currently on Amazon, and then we're working to fix um, a publishing issue and then they'll be everywhere they'll be at waterstones barnes and noble anywhere you can order books so that's so exciting so how has the reception i know that we're kind of done but how has the reception been for your book it's actually been really good um i'm I'm really pleased with it um i have no idea about sales yet i haven't gotten a report from a publisher um but just the support that i've gotten from the reading and writing community has been really huge um and that's a, a big load off because I had a, I had great readership on my arcs more than I think a lot of people are used to. Um, and reviews were pretty much split down the middle. Loved it, hated it. So, oh. and, you know, I cried, I thrashed, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> can't please everybody, uh, but you know, people were reading. And yeah. so I feel like it's, it's doing well, I hope. And I hope it continues um, as more people find out about it. You know? awesome. It's a different kind of story. And my writing's different to, I think, what people are used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the way it's going to have to be. Well, there you go. And I love your attitude about it. Liz, where can we find you? So Instagram, I am at Lizzie's Little Book And that's Lizzie's with a I-E, not a Y. And website is Lizzie's Little Booknook.co.uk. Um, and how about you, Wally? So I'm on Instagram at AZ Desert uh, Bookworm, and then I have my blog that is thebookshelf.substack.com. 
So check us out and please, please check out Jessica's book, Another Bee Skin. Um, you can get it right now on Amazon. Like she said, it'll be out in bookstores soon. And it's, it's definitely worth the read. It's very well done. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I am eager for book two to come out. I'm going to be sending her begging messages to send me those, those chapters that she <laughs> says she took out because I, I'm, I'm very interested and in, in, in eager to see what happens with these characters. Um, so our next episode, Liz and I are very excited, will drop on December 20th. It will be our year in review. So it will be kind of our best books of 2021. Um, so we're super excited to kind of go through those and share our thoughts on some of our favorite reads of the year as we wrap it up. Um, so again, Jessica, thank you so much for taking some time this morning to hang out with us. And we hope those of you who are in the United States and celebrate Thanksgiving this week have a wonderful holiday with family and friends and football and all the other fun stuff that you're doing. So until December 20th, we hope that everyone has a great month. Thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye.